the Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Welcome to this newest 100-something edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. 109th. 109th edition of 40 Acres and a Fool and His Wife brought to you by the Blaze Radio Network. Very good. Thank you. It's been a while since I've done an intro. I know. I can't remember how many years ago that was because kid, I was pregnant with kid three at some point during my career Mm -hmm. because every Saturday on the way to the show, if it was in the studio, I would always, always stop at Brahms for a vanilla milkshake. Oh yeah. Because the Brahms vanilla milkshake is a is a is a blessed thing. <laughs> is a good thing to have when you're pregnant with a nine pound kid and it's August and July. Right. In Oklahoma. So we hope that you're having a good week. It is Memorial Day as we are recording this podcast. It has been a productive weekend. I feel pretty good about all of the things we've been able to accomplish. The uh, tomatoes are not in the ground yet, but they are ready to go. The ground is ready to go. Yeah, finally got um, the ground ready to go. Right. And the, it's been good because the tomatoes have been outside getting acclimated to the weather. So this has been like one of the first times we've actually done it right by accident, though. Yeah. Because you're supposed to put them out so that they can start. You, you, you get them exposed a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. And we didn't do it right, but it's the right thing to do because now they're ready to go. Yeah. So that'll be this week uh, in the evening. Uh, we'll just be moving them down section by section and uh, and putting them into the ground. Beets are looking good. We yep. cleaned out the carrot bed. Carrots are the carrot. You know, we use carrot tape for the first time. And I have to say, not impressed. No, the 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 yield is really pitiful considering. There's like five feet of tape down. Mm-hmm. I don't even think Maybe. there's ten carrots. Oh, there are. I counted yesterday. There are about two dozen carrots. But when we do the broadcast over the area and then you thin, right. we, our yield was so much better than using tape. Yeah, so I have to say, I don't think we can recommend the tape. Now, Trent Marsh, and congratulations to Trent and Melody for their new baby boy, Roman, who came into this world this week. And that's uh, really, really exciting. And now Trent and Melody won't be getting any sleep for like eh, 12 years or so. No. Uh, no. And then you get a couple of years and then they start going out at night. And yeah, because then, then the teenagers. sleep right. anymore. So enjoy the, uh, enjoy the next 12 years of sleep deprivation. <laughs> it's fantastic. But, uh, oh, but, but, the- but Trent had recommended he had 
It was like a gelatin almost uh, for carrot seeds. It was something else other than carrot tape. Mm. And uh, so we might have to try that. But I, I, I still say better to throw the seeds out, you know, strew them strew them about the garden. Yeah. Uh, just broadcast those seeds. Unless and you have the out. patience to put down the one each. But they're uh, so tiny. They're like smaller than grains of kosher salt. I mean, they're super tiny yeah, seeds. Yeah, they are super tiny. But uh, but the the you beets know, are all looking good. Have, but the beets are looking good. You're right, and the uh, tomatoes and the peppers are both looking good in their pots. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to be planting some watermelon and some squash and some pumpkins this week um, over where we had the hogs. What are you looking at? Oh, I thought I saw something moving, but it might just be one of the kids and outside. Oh, no, it's just a chicken. Okay. okay. Oof, that was weird. <laughs> well, because I just saw a black shadow behind the truck, and I thought, did one of the hit pigs get out? But oh, no. okay. We are, uh, we're, we're outside. It's getting towards evening time. We don't have a fire, but uh, we're near the fire pit this evening. So you might hear a rooster crow in the background. You might hear a dog whine to get out and go chase chickens. Yeah, no. Uh, which Bad happened... Dog. Uh, this weekend, we had a lovely summer storm. Uh, you may have seen the pictures of the hail on Missy's Instagram account yeah. at Corny Goat Farm. And we end up with bigger because I had, I always, when we have those sorts of weather instances, I always call the National Weather, weather Center at the one hundred number. I know. I've turned into such a geek <laughs> since we lived in Oklahoma. So I always call and I leave my name and I, my, uh, my location with the zip code and what I'm reporting. And so the guy picked up the phone and he had a whole bunch of questions. Okay, how big? How often? When did it happen? So they wanted to know all these all this stuff for weather data collection. But yes, I'm the dork who called the weather people to report answer, the that's hail. What she said to every question, like, how big? That's what she said. No, I didn't. That's what she said. I did not do that. That would be good, not to waste that guy's time. I was being the good weather (laughs) that I was, and I was saying dime size, a little bit bigger, and then within, like, so it stopped, and then it came back up again, and then we ended up with some quarter size. Yes, and while this was going on, uh, Booker decides to break out of the house. Booker, the asshole dog, remember him? He keeps eating my knitted stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's been trained. He's better, but he's not Off the leash, no. No. And he got out while it's hailing, chasing chickens. In the pouring rain. In the pouring rain and hail. So I'm chasing Booker. Booker's chasing chickens. We're all running around the yard. The chickens are freaking out. I'm thinking, oh, my God, they're going to run off in the storm. Finally get Booker corralled. Bring him back to the house. All of the chickens are accounted for, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, but I got whacked several times, <laughs> rather painfully, on my head by hail. Ow. I, I, yes. Now I'm not. I'm not a victim here. I'm not. You know, claiming that I. I, I deserve any sympathy, but it hurt. It yeah, I bet it would. They were. Bit. They were big. I know they were. I was under the safety of the porch watching it come down, and then when it started to slow down, I went, oh, I'm going to go pick up some hail. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't going to run after that damn dog. Uh, no, that was, well, I just wanted to, I wanted to save the chicken. I know. That's, you know. The other one is funny because Bullet, he's our big 125-pound fluff ball, the great Bernese. Um, up that weight, by the way, he was 143 pounds the last time I took him to the vet. No, he wasn't. He was yeah, 125 was... when I took him this past March. Mm-mm. No. I, th- I think he doesn't sit still, but okay. whatever. He's around between 125 and 143 he's a, pounds. He's a big dog. He's a big, fluffy, fluffy, fluff dog. Um, but, uh, 
Oh, darn. Chickens, he got out. Oh, he gets out, and he just, like, walks over to the chickens and just keeps walking closer. He doesn't chase them anymore. He just likes to mess with them. Yeah. And he'll do that with the goats, too, when they're out in the yard. He'll, like, he'll, like, go to... Huh, psych. Like, he'll actually do that whole try to move fast and psych him out thing, and he it's it's kind of funny, but, yeah, he, he doesn't care. And then the, the lap dog, he's too fat to chase anything. Right, yeah. Booker, uh, Bullet got out uh, this afternoon as well as I was mowing, and he, uh, he, he and the chickens were right there. And he, like you said, he, like, he didn't, he didn't chase after them, but he just kind of walked briskly through them as they scattered. Yes. Rawr, 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 and he yeah. just, you know, walked through like, <laughs> Yeah, he has the, I have the power. Exactly. But he doesn't try to actually actively chase chase them like Booker does. No. So, um, again, it's been a productive weekend. I feel good about that. You feel good about the weekend? Yeah, we got a lot accomplished. Um, I'm really good. I'm really happy that most of the weeding, the beets are looking pristine. The horseradish, there's not a weed in the area. And then we've started to, like, where we've cleared it off, I've burned up any weeds that are coming up. I've picked out the biggest ones and I've covered it up with landscape fabric and I'm just stapling it down as I go. And then we're, what we're going to do is like, I've been also, since we've been getting out there kind of early ish for me, I've been able to watch <laughs> where the sun is and I know where not to put the tomato plants now because they need to have mm. really good bright sun early. So we have, uh, we have really tall trees around the whole, all the size of the garden. So the, they have to kind of come in the, the, the middle to the the last section that we just finished today. So I think if we get some tilling done, it's clean enough that we'll get the stakes put in so we can run the Florida fences. We could probably have the plants in by next weekend. I totally want to have them before I go on my trip. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to step away for just a moment or two, but uh, this will be a quick trip because we'll be back in like a minute or less. So stick around. There's more 40 Acres and a Fool coming up right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something, and progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. We uh, have a live studio. Well, not a studio. We have a live fire pit audience right now with the youngest daughter. Hello, youngest daughter. Hello. Hello, yay. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> um, so... Now that summer is upon us, Miss E has decided to go to summer school. Yes. Kind of. Kind of. Well, I was kind of looking for um, a grown-up version of Woodshop. And I was checking out the community colleges in the area, but nobody had anything like that. Like, you could go to learn how to be a contractor and get your license and stuff, but they didn't have any, like, how to be a, a woodshop. So I did find something that's not that far from where we are, maybe about an hour or so away. Um, and they do. They have different wood classes. I really wanted to sign up to learn to make the Adirondack chair, but that class was totally filled, and they were only having it once this summer, but then they had a basic woodworking class where we make a shaker table, which is going to give me some good 
practice with different tools because the shaker table has four legs, a drawer, and a small top. So I'll be learning probably how to use all different kinds of tools. And then I want to, I'm going to take that knowledge and get a couple more things because I know I've got some stuff, but I probably would, could use a table saw. Um, and then I want to make our own Adirondack chairs. Just get some plans and make them myself. All righty. I think that uh, you need to go to butchering school. I Well, I learned how to butcher butcher, but yeah, I need to learn how to like cut up all the cuts. So there's a, a story this week. I, I am loath to quote anything from Bloomberg.com just because of the boss, but I'll make an exception because of the story. And uh, Dina Shanker is the reporter for this story. Uh, there aren't enough slaughterhouses to support the farm-to-table economy. Sellers of high-end pork and beef and chicken agree there simply aren't enough facilities to humanely and safely kill their animals. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Uh, and this is an issue where we live because our nearest... So first of all, there are, you know, processors, but most of them deal with the big companies or they're, they're owned by the big companies, right? They don't deal with these small independent farmers. Right. Um, so for that... If you want to, you know, sell farm to table or whatever, it's not like you can just sell from your farm. No. Uh, the, the rules vary. In Virginia, you can sell up to 2,000 chickens a year. But you cannot sell Can't sell pork, pork can't sell beef, or, or rabbit, or anything process. else like that. Right. right. But chickens, yes. Maybe rabbit, actually, because we, I don't know. We, 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 we bought, bought a, rabbit at the farmer's market before. Yeah, we did. So, I don't know. I don't either. But we don't we don't we don't raise rabbits. No, so we don't. We're not aware of the rabbit laws. Right, I don't uh, need to in learn Virginia. rabbit laws. Exactly. Too cute right now to <laughs> want to think about. But if we wanted to sell our bacon, if we wanted to sell our our pork, we would have to get a USDA certified butcher mm -hmm. in order to do that. And the closest one for us is like three hours. Two it's, hours It's Harrisonburg, away. so it's about two two and a half hours. I mean, it's up there. It's, it's on Interstate 81. And you have to take your north of hogs with you. Right. So we are going to check in this week with our local our processor. Butcher. He's not USDA certified. No. But he's the guy who does our hogs. He does everybody's deer around here. Yeah. And for about two years... Uh, he's been in the process of becoming USDA certified. But they keep changing the laws. Like, I just, I, I had read a, that story, and then I was sort of reading what the issues were. And it's this, it's because they seem to think that small processors like our guy should follow the same rules. And it's kind of silly. Like, why on earth do they need to have an entire office and a bathroom for a USDA inspector to come to see this guy's, like, pretty much two-room operation. Right. He's got his kill-and-hang room, and then he's got his butchering room, and then he has a big walk-in freezer fridge. I was in there once, and I think he had, I think, four or five, I'm gonna, I don't know what, but they were cows. Like, whether they were, you know, steers or whatevers, but mm -hmm. they were just massive. But, yeah, so he's not, he, he's been working towards it, but he hasn't had it because they keep... They, they, they haven't figured out what should be the rules for these little guys. Well, and, and again, there's a huge disparity. So, like, there are 1,100 facilities uh, in the United States that are, that are, that are slaughterhouses. 215 uh, large slaughter establishments defined as 500 or more employees produce about 75 to 90 percent of the country's meat supply. Wow. Right? At the Smithfield plant in Tar Heel, North Carolina, approximately 30,000 to 34,000 hogs are slaughtered every day. 
right? Meanwhile, in New Jersey, there's one federally inspected hog slaughterhouse. They do 1,200 a week. Now, again, if you're doing 30,000 hogs a day, right, and you're dealing in that kind of volume, obviously you're going to be able to uh, deal with the, the the costs of you know being USDA certified right. a hell of a lot easier than if you're doing twelve hundred a week. Yeah, or even that. Right. I'm sure our guys can't be doing that many. I I, I but here's the thing: if he became USDA certified, he would draw in business. He would have more. I mean, he would have a heck of a lot and more. And then he charge more. Well, good for him. It's capitalism at work. I know, you know? I know. We'll pay uh, But we'd also be able then to sell our product, which yeah. we couldn't do before. We had to, you know, gray market it or barter it or, you know, give it to friends. We still couldn't sell the sausage or the bacon, though. Why? Because I make that in our kitchen. Oh. Unless I gave him my recipe and he ground and made the sausage in his kitchen. Mm. Well. But I make my own bacon. That's my thing. <laughs> He's not going to make my bacon. I'm going to make my own bacon. We can put aside some belly and just sell the belly. Yeah, yes. People could do their, people could make their own bacon from our bellies. Exactly. Yeah, we could do that. So I I also think that, you know, even if he gets USDA certified, I still think that there's room. This is a, a growth market here. So I think you need to become USDA certified. I think you need to be the butcher lady. Mm hmm and the woodworking lady. You could build your own butcher block. <laughs> I'd have to build my own butchering shed. <laughs> I mean, we'd have to have, you know, a place for that. But it'd be cool. I'd really, I would like to learn how to actually break down something with all the right cuts that I like. Like, it's one thing that I can, I can butcher a pig, but I don't... Other than making sure I carve out the hams and the bellies and the loins, I'm kind of lost as far as pork chops and stuff. So right. it's nice to—I would like to be able to learn how to do that. I know I know one one person who's kind of almost related to us who can do that now. I need to probably <laughs> have him come down and we can do a pig together or something. Okay, we can do that. All right, well, I'll tell you what. We need to take a quick time out. When we come back— We've got uh, a couple of other stories to kick around, and we've got more of your emails coming up as well. Email address is 40acrefool at gmail.com. Stick around. There's more 40 Acres and a Fool coming up next. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Later. We're all Peter Pan, and we just want to go back to Neverland and never grow up. And how odd that the original Peter Pan is, oh, no, you don't want to be here, kids. You you want to grow up. It's better to grow up. Yeah, yeah, you'll be happier when you grow up. Oh, you'll be happier, and you'll live a great life, and you'll go do great things, and you'll change the world, and it'll be really, really great. You don't want to stay here. Neverland's not a good place. Mike Slater. Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, I hit the stop button just in time there because we had a, uh, we went to a break and all of a sudden all hell broke loose. We had two dogs run out of the house. We had kids dropping F-bombs. I mean, oh my gosh, that was, that was kind of crazy. That was kind of crazy. <laughs> I know you didn't do it, no. but, uh. 
uh, but somebody did it. We had a talk. We had a talk, yes. You are not allowed to talk like mommy. <laughs> not until you're 18. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're like, don't say the F word. That's more like an S word. And I'm like, no, neither well, one of I those mean, words are, no, you're 12. You're, well, no, I, I mean, yeah, but I mean. in front of me. I, 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 I want to hear golly gee willikers. I suppose if you're going to use it correctly, and then, you know, you can't get too bad at using it in context. I remember distinctly uh, when I was being driven to college by my mom. I was going to drive myself, and then my car broke down. Uh, so my mom had to drive me to college, which sucked. Uh, and on the way up, she told me, that now that I was going to college, I could curse in front of her, and I could smoke in front of her. And well, I know, right? But before then, like cursing was not a thing. I don't think my mom was a big cursor anyway. No, my mom wasn't either. Neither was my dad. I'm not exactly sure where I got my potty mouth from. <laughs> I think that's uh, well. Hmm, it's not genetic. No, it's, it's not, not genetic. not environment. No, because the two oldest kids don't have potty mouths like I do. Or no. like that four kid number. <laughs> He's got it in my mouth. He totally has my mouth. So. Uh, I'm not sure where it comes from. <laughs> it's not genetic, although it, in this case it's probably. I think it's because we hang around a lot entirely too much together, too. The two of you, yeah, and and yeah, I'm sure. It's, I'm sure he picks up on, well, yeah, your language. And you're yeah. telling me to watch my mouth, and I'm like, I can say whatever I want. You can't say what I say. Exactly. And and listen, I'm not stupid. When I was 14, 15, I cursed, but never in front of my parents. Yeah. Right. That was no. just one of those like don't ask, don't tell things. No, you know? I, I didn't like, curse as long in front as of my you parents. never, as long as your parents never hear you say anything bad, then right. And you're not saying anything bad. Yeah. So that's just, he made a rookie mistake. He yeah. <laughs> dropped the F-bomb in front of us. Well, he did it on the porch, but he heard it because of the way the acoustics work in the yard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Against his, um, and, not, and not in his defense, not in his, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Favor? Yeah, exactly. Not yeah. in his favor. Um, so Jazz Shaw over at Hot Air had a, a story this week about the farmer who's getting fined for plowing his field. Yeah, really. I know. Uh, it's California, of course, but Where it is else? a federal agency that is uh, going after this farmer. Uh, apparently, the farmer, uh, John Duarte, uh, allegedly, quote, disturbed the waters of the United States. Yeah. Uh, the land that John Duarte purchased and was plowing, according to Jazz, did not include a river or even a stream, but rather seasonal wetlands, which develop swampy areas during the rainy season, but then dry up for the rest of the year. And because John Duarte plowed this dry land, because it's now the time of year when it's dry, otherwise he wouldn't be able to plow it. Because, yeah. You can't plow you can't a wet plow land. Things that are They don't have aqua plows. I mean, maybe they do, but John Duarte well, doesn't plow it, but one. It, would, it wouldn't work. Now he's facing a $2.8 million fine. For plowing his own property. Yep. He bought 450 acres of land near Modesto, California in 2012. He is now being sued by the federal government for plowing near areas the government considers to be waters of the United States. He uh, did not obtain a permit to work near the wetlands. Now, but see, this is scary because... his property. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've got a creek running along our property line. Is it part of a wetland? It's, well, it's part of the waters of the United States. Ooh. Well, you, ooh, but it's still a $2.8 million fine for this guy. So, 
I, you know, this is, I think this is a cautionary tale for almost any farmer out there, because if you've got a creek, if you've got a ravine that, you know, has water in it when it floods, I mean, like, think about this, this, this guy is plowing, in order for him to plow it, it has to be dry land. Yeah. And yet they're claiming that he was, you know, plowing into a, a wetland. He never even got to harvest the wheat that he planted. Oh, that's lame. Right? Yeah. How's uh, he going to pay for a fine if he can't harvest the wheat? I, I, I suppose, uh, you know, the government will be willing to work with him on a payment schedule for the uh, $2.8 million. But yeah, that's just... Yeah, I call I shenanigans on that crap. Well, I am I'm I'm hopeful that uh, maybe when Scott Pruitt, the head of the EPA, uh, is made aware of this, maybe this is just one of those things that uh, you know he's not aware of this particular case. But but this is the type of stuff uh, you want to talk about draining the swamp. Um, you don't go after a farmer for plowing what the government calls swampland, right? You want to drain the swamp. Let's start. Let's at least start there with some common sense for our farmers. We're going to drain the swamp. I thought that we were going to get start getting rid of people in Washington, D.C. I thought that was the drain the swamp. Well, I was, <laughs> I was making a joke. Oh, okay. A, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Now that I had to explain it, it doesn't sound quite as funny, but uh, <clears throat> it's okay. All right, we're going to step away for a moment or two. When we come back, we've got some of your emails to get to, so stick around. There's more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network coming up next. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Blaze Radio Network. So the email address is 40acrefool at gmail.com. The snail mail address is P.O. Box 817, uh, Farmville, Virginia, 23901-0817. Oh, speaking of that, um, I have I got a really yummy package with dandelion jelly and dandelion syrup. And I have to... Uh, say, yeah, thanks, I can't wait. I'm going to try to come up with a really cool cocktail with the dandelion syrup, but I'm going to send you back a bottle of hot sauce this week. That's awesome. Yeah. I like the I like the, the, the trading that we have going on here. Yeah, I've got a... Pickles like, and salsa from Trent. Yep. Uh, even even with the baby coming, he still managed to yeah, put that in the mail. he so. did. And I think I put the package, the baby blanket and the, and the sweater and the hat in the mail the day they were having, they were in the hospital. I, yep. I was going to come like the day where they were having the baby. I was like, oh, well, good timing on my part. It's so funny because he tagged me in the picture of the baby on the middle of the blanket. That that blanket's going to last that baby till he leaves for college. <laughs> yeah, so. It's not really a, it's a baby blanket in it's that a blanket that you the, made for a baby, but it is not a baby-sized blanket. No, it's more of a toddler to bigger because if you're going to make a blanket, you want to make a blanket that's going to be used for a long time. And this one is, I mean, this, this, like, look, this is going to be an heirloom. I've made blankets be. for people and their kids are, you know, they've made baby blankets and they're going on five and these kids are still using these baby blankets. 
Now, if you make a baby, regular baby size blanket, that thing gets folded up and donated or saved for the next kid, but it does not get used and loved on like one of the ones that I make. So no, I like the big not. ones. Um, all right, so there you go. Uh, Stanton writes in this week, have you seen this cam? Virtual reality for chickens. <laughs> Talk about the Internet of Things, says Stanton. I had not seen this, but it, it, I suppose it, on some level, Stanton, it makes sense. Virtual reality for chickens? Uh, virtual reality for chickens. So if you have got little the, helmets on? If you've got the chickens that are in their cages, right, or in a confined space, you give them a virtual reality maybe a screen in front of them as opposed to little chicken-sized goggles. I was going to say, that would be a lot of weirdness. I think a screen would goggles. be better. Okay. But it would simulate the outdoor environment, right? And maybe the chickens would be happier and feel like they're walking around. Or be more you could resentful. just try Let the to chickens outside. free-range the chickens. You know, like, that's that's the thing. Here, Here's, here's my issue, Stan, and it's not just with chicken... Uh, uh, virtual reality. It's with um, uh, human virtual reality. It doesn't compare to reality. I mean, that's the thing. Like, we, we get so lost in video games, and the graphics are so amazing, and the storylines often suck. Uh, but whatever. Uh, it's still, we, we just, we, you know, and, and I, I'm the same way. Like, I caught my uh, son number three, the 16-year-old, playing Skyrim again the other day. He picked it back up. Level 18, he's going through the game only punching things, uh, and, <laughs> and, right? Like, these are the rules that he set because he's played it so many times. Mm. Meanwhile, we have 40 acres outside that he could explore. Granted, it's the summer, you get in the woods, you get the ticks in the... I, I, I get it, but yeah. it's not like even in the fall or in the winter or in the spring, he's outside walking around, right? No. So I, I have an issue with... The, the virtual stuff taking the place of the real yeah, stuff. Get your butt outside and go walk through the our Skyrim, dang it. Exactly. <sighs> and, uh, and, and, and you know, throw the chickens outside. I was just thinking, than... with, with all this damp, mm -hmm. we should take that walk through the woods. We might actually have more mushrooms this time a year than we usually do. Because it's been so wet, they there's probably a good amount. Now, I, I have to get a really good book... Yeah. But it won't kill us, but I'm really excited. I would really, because we've, the time, what was it, two Octobers ago, we went on a really nice walk through the woods. I had the armful of marshmallows, marshmallows, mushrooms, and I stepped in the hole and I broke my ankle and fell, and the mm -hmm. mushrooms went flying everywhere. So we yes. never did actually get a chance to look up the mushrooms because we had to go to the emergency room. Yes. Uh, I kind of, I kind of want to figure out what we have grown around here. I would too, but, uh, so we need to do a walkabout in our own Skyrim. Uh, okay, we can do that, but we got to get our either our mushroom knowing friend, or we like you said, we got to get a really good book. Yeah, my I, my my uh, I have an app, mm -hmm. and I don't I don't know if I'd trust my app to not identify something wrong, right? <laughs> like, oh yeah, that one that's just looks like the the poisonous version that looks exactly like that, but that's not really the poisonous one. I uh, also heard from uh, Nick out on the open road from small town Utah. He says, as I send this to you, I'm in my own personal hell. I'm in the New England area, uh, Reading, PA, in a semi in a 53-foot flatbed, now heading for Long Beach, California. He says, at least I'm headed back west where I belong. Uh, Nick had written in before talking about elk hunting in, oh, okay. uh, in Utah. 
And I am going to be in Utah this fall, but uh, unfortunately, Nick, I don't know if I'm going to be. I, I think it's a pretty quick trip because mm. I'm, I'm I'm not uh, I'm trying to take as little time off from work for this as possible, but. Uh, I do appreciate the offer. Uh, Nick says, I tell you what, if I get an elk next year, I will trade you some elk sausage for some bacon. Okay. Oh, totally. Done. Yep. Done. That is done, Nick. Virtual high five. Right. Handshake. We're gone. Uh, Nick says, I'm glad to hear Miss E's getting better. She's had a long road. I hope this part of the road is paved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's been uh, ever since I got my port out. It's been uh, two weeks, I guess, soon. I go tomorrow for a follow-up appointment with the doctor. It's a bumpy scar tissue, but the thing's not there anymore. It's kind of funny. There's a little empty space beneath it, but I got my, you know, my little my scars to prove I went through this crap, and my hair's coming back, so it's all good. I don't like my new hair, but <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do with this new hair. But I'm I'm glad I'm not bald. It's That's, no, you're not bald. It is a little curly. It's it's it's. A and a lot of silver. And a lot of silver. But that can be covered up. That can, yeah, we can deal with the silver. I was thinking, like, maybe blue and turquoise and a little green. Sure. Whatever you want. Like like a spring fairy kind of hair. Listen, I, as, as somebody who doesn't have any hair to, you know, well, you mess your, with. You got your beard, but. Yeah, you, but I don't want to, like, color your No, that's, it's it's a red beard. It's a nice beard. It's, you yours just, has good beard color. Yours is red and gold. Mine is. I, I say what, have fun with your hair. What and silver. I don't That's... even know what the other color is. <laughs> uh, anyway, I say have fun with your hair. Nick, writing in. We were talking about Nick yeah. before we got distracted a little bit. Um, anyway, uh, Nick says it hopes that you're doing well. Uh, Nick also uh, wrote in uh, quite the biographical sketch. And Nick, I appreciate uh, all of what you said. So I'm going to send you a uh, an email back. Um, but I will say this. Uh, uh, Nick, I don't think that uh, God thinks that you're a stronger man than you actually are. I think uh, God knows exactly how strong uh, you really can be at times. I think that's that, that's why sometimes we have to deal with things that uh, that we don't like because you know we we've got strong shoulders. Uh, anyway, Nick says um, I am always or I can't wait to hear Cam say that Missy ran laps around him in the garden. Mm. And uh, Cam, you have a great wife. You're a great couple. I uh, see you as friends. Well, we do too, Nick. Uh, it says, uh, tell Trent good luck with the baby. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, wishes and prayers go your way. Talk at you soon, says Nick. Well, Nick, thank you very much, sir. We've got uh, like, this whole little community going on. We do. It's really cool. I, I mean, love it. We're all like all over the place. but Yep. Um, and, uh, and, and Missy, I don't know if she was running circles around me in the garden because she was down in the garden today and I was out on the mower. But uh, she was getting it done. Let's put it that way, Nick. Yep. She's... Uh, are you feeling like you're almost back to to normal, or? Yeah, I I I, I lose my breath a lot, uh, and I, when I lose it, I lose it. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what happens when you're like go from you know five lung lobes to four. Right. So I, I just gotta you get used to that and make sure I take more frequent breaks. But it, yeah, there's a lot. Because you also still push yourself like you used to. Yes, I do, and I gotta remember that I'm I shouldn't be doing that. Yes, but yeah. <laughs> But I also can't like keep not. You know, the only way you you know the only way you grow is when you stretch. That's that sounds like deeply philosophical, even though I know that not what you were saying. But it no, it's true. It's in all kinds of things. The only way you grow is unless you stretch. Like you stretch outside of your comfort zone. You stop reading this kind of book and you go with a different kind of book, or you stop making this kind of food and you you, you branch out and you try to cook other kinds of food. 
heaven knows I'm, a, you know, horrible at, a, you know, a cultural appropriation at this point with all the different <laughs> foods that I cook at our house. And hopefully no one comes to sue me and tells me I can't make burritos, but whatever. Yeah, are people from New Jersey allowed to make barbecue? I don't know, but... You did tonight. I did it anyway. So we heard from Brian as well. Uh, Brian, you remember last time we heard from Brian, Brian had lost his uh, teaching gig. Uh, good news is that uh, he says, my wife and I are still gainfully employed at uh, competing, quote, major aerospace and defense companies. Ah, so hey. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that, Brian. It makes me feel better. Uh, Brian says, I can't say I won't miss the extra income from teaching, but we'll get along just fine. Uh, you asked about video games. He says, I wasted much of my youth and a good chunk of my adulthood on various games. Oddly not enough, wasting. Not I was wasting. often fighting with my mom for time on the console. What do you mean it's not wasting? Well, he was fighting with his mom for time on a console. He was... <laughs> Last year, Nintendo released a classic game. I realize I'm back and forth on this, because last week we were talking about video games, and now it's okay to play video games, and now I'm old man shouting at clouds, quit playing Skyrim! But Video I, games are cool. Everything in moderation. Well, That's everything. the key. Yeah, well, everything yeah. in moderation, right? Yeah. I'm not anti-game. I'm just... If, you're, if the virtual reality is superseding reality reality, that's an issue. No. Uh, anyway... Brian says, last year, Nintendo released a classic game system, a small system that looks like the original Nintendo NES, holds 30 or so of their classic yeah, games. Yeah, I, w- I, w- I was hoping I was going to get that for Christmas. Yeah, I didn't, well, but Brian whatever. says it was almost impossible to find in stores, so I, I paid bet. way too much for one on eBay. Yeah, I bet. He says, I, bought it to my, I brought it to my mom's house, and once I saw her eyes light up at The Legend of Zelda, I knew it wasn't coming back with me. <laughs> no problem, I'll just buy another one. I get home, find out Nintendo has stopped making them. Oh, no. Oh, well, at least Mom is happy. Uh, my best to you and yours, Brian. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate that. And, oh, uh, they're not they, making them anymore. Mama ain't happy. Man, that stinks. No, I really they're not making them anymore. They sold them all out, really right? popular, yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll bring they'll them back, back next Christmas, right? And it'll be more money, and they'll probably you know, put Maybe more, more games, games on. Yeah. That'll be, that's my guess. In the meantime... We, we to... promised our kids a Nintendo Switch as sort of the joint birthday present, and we've yet to be able to find one. So they've well, been they... very patient considering their birthdays in March. They they also both got they got I know they got other stuff other stuff yes. So. But this is good because it's now you know almost June and they haven't really been bugging us. We haven't so. been able to find it either. No. And the only place I've been able to find it is when it's been bundled up with so many other things that I'm not spending that much money for. Exactly. Thank you very much, especially since I already bought the one game. Right. I know. Anyway, that is going to do it for this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. We'll leave on that complaining note. Arr! Which is weird because I've, I've had a good weekend. So. No, it was. Okay, it's like a complaining note. We had really yummy dinner. We did. After working in the garden, working hard all day, we had barbecue chicken and homemade macaroni and cheese with five types of cheese, mind you. Mm-hmm. And potato salad. Do you still have any of that triple vanilla ice cream that you made? We do. There hey. is still some of that, and there is some hot fudge sauce. The only thing there's not left is the whipped cream and the, uh, and the brownies. Mm. Well, but there's hot chocolate fudge and hot and fudge. Ice cream. Yeah. All right. I think I know where we're headed, and now we're not ending on a complaining note. Now, no, we're ending on like a woo yum note. Yes. Well, listen. Uh, I hope you have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you uh, send us an email. We would love to know what's going on in your world. 40acrefool at gmail.com. In the meantime, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn learn a lot. lot. There you go. And we'll talk to you soon with more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. 